He kōna e pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Kia ora, nau mai haramai ki te au hurihanga. Hello and welcome to Our Changing World, ko Klekin Cannon tēnei. There are some classic flavour combos out there. Apple and cinnamon, tomato and basil, cheese and crackers, lime and coconut. Yum. It's called food pairing, and it's been around forever. But while we know some combinations work well and others just don't, we're in the dark as to exactly why. RNZ producer Justin Gregory talks to two local researchers who are looking for the recipe. Some people like some weird food pairings. I like blue cheese and honey. Yikes. And some people are more classic in their choices. I can't go past the cliché of simply cheese and wine. That was Dr Rebecca Jelly. Her field is analytical chemistry and, no shock, wine science. She's into balancing flavour. Creamy cheese is supposed to be paired with or balance out essentially the acidity of a crisp white wine. Um, For me, it's probably more likely that when I'm indulging in one of the two, it's just an excuse to crack open the other. Before her, you heard Dr Darnay Larson. She investigates food science and sensory science. Texture is her thing. So, cheese and honey, together, on a cracker. So I really, really like that because of the juxtaposition, I think, of the real umami, salty flavour of the blue cheese and then the sweetness of the honey. We like what we like and we love some foods in combination with each other. Everyone knows that, but we don't know why. I think basically it boils down to food being a really complex system and it's not often that we will eat just a single ingredient with another single ingredient. So we've got all these different ingredients making up a food pairing or multiple food pairings, but we don't actually understand the science behind it. Dane, who lectures in the School of Chemical Sciences at the University of Auckland, and Rebecca, who is a research fellow there, have teamed up to find some answers. They're focusing on foods from New Zealand with the idea that one day they'll have a food pairing network. That means, you know, this wine with this cheese for these scientific reasons. You can see the commercial potential for local food producers right away, can't you? Food pairing is an emerging field of study and has gotten some traction in the last decade or so. There are theories out there at the moment to do with flavour as a key driver of pairings and also an idea that it might be about shared flavour compounds. Rebecca. In essence, food with more flavour compounds in common, and so flavour compounds primarily we sort of can lump them in as being um, compounds that smell the same or very similar to each other. Um, And so these foods are more likely to taste good together compared to foods or ingredients that don't share as many um, compounds. But the current theory of shared flavour compounds doesn't fully account for regional differences in diet. Research has shown that there is this tendency for Western cuisines to comprise recipes that have, um, or that are combining different ingredients that have these shared flavour compounds. But in fact, the complete opposite was seen for East Asian cuisines. And Dane thinks there's another factor that you shouldn't overlook. They seem to have forgotten about the sensory aspects of food. So texture, the sound of food, the appearance of food... I think, and this is where our hypothesis lies, um, is that sensory attributes actually play a very important part in food pairing as well. Maybe equal to, or maybe more than flavour, 
or it could be a case of some foods follow more a flavour pairing um, sort of theory and others more a sensory food pairing uh, theory. That's what we want to find out. Today, honour student Nadia is our volunteer test panellist. She's sitting hungrily in one of the booths. Nadia um, is going to try two uh, different foods, which may or may not be a food pair based on um, this shared aroma flavour compound theory. Um, And basically she has two samples um, and she has to put them both in her mouth at the same time and then just chew them, um, have a think about if she likes it or not, and then she will rate on a line scale, so 0 to 10, how much she likes that particular food pairing. Um, And then we have a second um, sample as well, which is the same two foods, but they're mixed together um, in a pureed form. Today's food combination is dark chocolate and broccoli. Now, without the backing of that chemical analysis, this isn't perhaps an obvious combination. But as should be clear by now, flavour isn't an obvious thing. Basically, when we eat a food, right, we taste a food. And we all know we have taste buds on our tongue. Um, we can taste salty, sweet, bitter, umami, etc. Um, and of course, that's a sensation that goes to our brain. But flavour is actually a combination of a lot of different sensory experiences. So it's the taste, but it's also smell, um, it's texture, it's touch, um, also just the feeling of food inside our mouth. But it's also um, our anticipation of a meal, our cultural background. If we're used to eating a particular food, we're kind of imagining what that food is going to be like before we eat it. And all of this sort of combines together into a perception, which is flavour. So flavour is actually a perception rather than a sensation. While Nadia chews, swallows and perceives the broccoli and chocolate, I want to talk a bit more about the different parts of that perception. Let's start with texture. The texture of food is linked to its structure, right? So if you've got a food like bread that's got lots of little sort of air bubbles in there, um, it gives it a sort of springy texture um, when you apply force to it. So we're looking at... Force being biting. Force could be our our teeth, right? right? So it's what happens when force is applied. Um, Whereas textural complexity is something that is basically a whole range of different sensations that occur when you put a food in your mouth. So we say from uh, first bite to swallow or sip to swallow. Um, And all those different uh, perception, well, sorry, sensations that we're getting, they give us this really interesting textural journey over time. And that's something a little bit more than just the force applied to a structure. Dane has done work previously on the subject, and with other researchers, she coined the term textural complexity. Textural complexity actually plays a really important role in some key processes in the human body. So we were able to manipulate the textural complexity of a food that we created, and it actually set off the satiation response in people, which is um, this trigger that your brain tells you to stop eating. Say, I'm starting to get comfortably full and I should stop eating now. And we actually figured out that building lots of textural complexity into a food meant that the brain thought we were eating much more food or different types of food than we actually were. And it was actually, in the end, um, a mechanism that could be applied to restrict the size of a meal if someone ate something texturally complex beforehand. And there's chewing and oral processing and oral transit time. 
So basically, this is the time um, that the food is in your mouth, right? It's literally the time from sip to swallow or bite to swallow. Um, oral processing time is very similar, but of course the processing would be the mastication or the chewing of the food. Um, also, how and how long we need for it to be chewed down into a bolus that would be safe to swallow. Previous research um, by others showed that if you could increase that oral processing or oral transit time, then satiation would occur faster. We, on the other hand, were able to prove that if we just increase textual complexity um, of the food you were eating, regardless of the processing time or oral transit time, um, you would full, feel full faster. So you want to find a food, um, say, that hasn't been created in real life, that has your crispy, your crunchy, maybe some slimy, maybe some springy, some chewy in it. And it just really does make you feel like you've eaten a lot of different things, therefore I must be starting to get full. Crispy, crunchy, slimy, springy, chewy, full. Food pairing is complex. It is, it is a complex area. Possibly this is why people are still not quite sure why food pairing actually works. Back to Nadia, who hopefully perceives all those things as she chows down on dark chocolate and broccoli. So the texture of the broccoli is really coming through. <laughs> the chocolate disappeared really quickly, actually. I don't know what to expect, but this pairing isn't that bad to me. <laughs> but definitely heavy on the broccoli side of things rather than the chocolate. A sip of water to cleanse her palate, and then Nadia is into the second part of this experiment. Yeah, an interesting looking puree of chocolate and broccoli. It's definitely a different experience to putting them two separately together. This time we've got a little sensory box that the food is placed in and the person who's trying it actually doesn't know what it is or they're not going to look at it. So what I'll get you to do now is pop this up to your mouth. Um, your nose just goes there. Mm -hmm. This and being the small box. This is a little box and once you have your nose and mouth there, um, you'll just open the little gate and just gently tilt it back and put the food in your mouth without looking at it. But the whole time, you should be looking at your chocolate. Mm -hmm. hmm. <laughs> hmm. Based on the texture, I think I just ate broccoli. <laughs> um, it was really interesting looking at the chocolate while I was eating what was in my mouth. I guess I think of the broccoli being quite a like grassy kind of flavour and that when I was eating it while looking at the chocolate, I didn't taste that as much, if that makes sense. I really focused on the texture as I was eating it. Mm. It's really interesting you say that because that's literally what this kind of um, experiment is trying to show us, right? This is called flavour, flavour learning. So your flavour of your broccoli, while you might find it intense, say, in the grassy notes, and maybe that's something that you might not enjoy as much, um, because you're looking at chocolate, which actually shares a lot of compounds with broccoli, this is why we're actually doing this particular test, actually a significant amount of compounds. By looking at it, her brain is telling her what that chocolate tastes like based on her previous experience. And then while she eats the broccoli, she's just not looking at the broccoli, she's just tasting it and the two combined are actually making her like that broccoli a little bit more than what she would um, if she didn't have the chocolate or possibly if she ate the two together like she did in the previous experiment. 
I guess this is also one of the applications of this research, right? So if we can show that, say, Nadia actually enjoys her broccoli a little bit more when chocolate is associated in some form, even though it is a weird food combination, um, perhaps in the future you might see a chocolate bar that is actually filled with a broccoli... Uh, filling, right? But because there's chocolate there, they share their compounds, and whichever way the texture is more liked, we'll, you know, make the filling. People might eat more broccoli, right? Because it's in a chocolate bar. <laughs> you know, it's it's a, it's a it's bit a of a reach. I don't know. You never know. I think I'd eat it. <laughs> Nadia would, wouldn't you? <laughs> but I mean, basically, you can some of these healthy foods. Well, let's face it, a lot of healthy foods people don't like usually as much and that's why you know they don't eat them but maybe we could use some of the findings from this research to figure out a way to make healthy foods taste better or seem to taste better Um, and that's one of the goals of this research as well. Thanks to Dr. Danae Larson, Dr. Rebecca Jelly and test subject honours student Nadia all from Waipapatamatoro, the University of Auckland. This episode was produced by Justin Gregory with help from me and Ellen Rikers. Sound engineering was by Jeremy Veal and Phil Bench and Tim Walken is executive producer of podcasts and series at RNZ. Our webpage is at rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld. Tēnā koe i whakarongo mai. Ko Clerkin Kananaho. Have a great week. Kia pai. Bō wiki.